Grab your pre-workout and turn up that volume. It is time for a new episode of the Powerlifters Den with your host, Cam Smith. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to episode three of the Powerlifters Den. I'm Cam Smith, and today I brought on Rachel Foster to talk about women in powerlifting as well as going to conjugate. Uh, Rachel, why don't you introduce yourself to everybody? Hi, I'm Rachel Foster. I lift out of Evolve out in Worcester, Mass. I've been competitive powerlifting since 2017. Um, bombed out of my first meet, wanted to quit forever, but jumped back in 2018. And now I have uh, three national records in the APF and seven New England records in the RPS, if anybody gives a crap about that. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. I mean, you you kind of crushed your last meet. I mean, I know you were prepping for it and we were all there for the journey. Um, you were helping us along our prep journey for the meet we all do as a crew. And then you got yourself into one and killed it so um yeah i guess um kind of one of your main training methods is conjugate um let's talk about kind of what got you into that um if that kind of was like your starting point or what kind of inspired you to pursue conjugate as like your full full full-time training so i was running a linear periodization program so i'm 44 years old that's probably important to this conversation so i was running a linear periodization program for about two years and I was chronically sore. Um, I've been in the gym since I was 16 training in some capacity, just not powerlifting. So I've been training a long, long time and running linear programs was just killing me. Uh, the volume of the barbells, the, just the same movement on the same plane over and over and over again, the same joints being used. I was having like really weird issues. I would get like strains and almost in my ribs, like really strange things were happening to me. And I was making very, very little progress. Uh, I'd get like strength bumps. And then I'd go backwards and I'd get, you know, a little bit of strength and then I'd lose it and go backwards. And it got really frustrating, but, uh, I kept banging my head against the wall, trying to figure out how to get stronger. Cause I was dedicated to it. And then I was at a, a gym called lifetime out in Westwood. And there was a, I think like six or seven of us that decided to all do an RPS meet once. So we all started training for it. Uh, for many of us, it was our first meet. And it was like our, my first like ever powerlifting team experience. And I went to that meet, like excited to like have a big day and maybe pull somewhere near 300 pounds that day. And I bombed on squats because in my linear periodization programming, there were a lot of pause squats. So what I did on the platform was I squatted to the hole and I didn't know this in training because I wasn't recording videos at the time. But when I paused, I ended up bouncing myself up. So in, I did a pause squat that I bounced and because I bounced back up and down, they red lighted me every single time. And because I had trained my body to do that in training, I couldn't fix it for the platform. And that's how I bombed. And that yeah. was back when RPS wouldn't let you continue on as like a push pull or single event. So I went home crying that day and was like, I hate this sport. It's the dumbest thing ever. I'm never doing it ever again. And I think my squat that day, I think I opened at like 125 or something silly and I got, to, I got DQ'd. So. Yeah. I mean, it's pretty interesting to kind of see, when you go to like your first meet kind of just how things run and like you can kind of tell who's newer there and could use the guidance and um kind of like with maddie and um but a few of the other guys just um kind of seeing the nerves get to them and kind of coaching them through that was kind of like throwback to like my first meet but this this past meet was like my first meet on a team so it's also a whole different atmosphere but um yeah so with the linear, like obviously over time, it kind of, it can get stale. Um, yeah. You can shorten your progress and mentally it can just be exhausting too. Um, 
I think it's great for a beginner to do it because it kind of keeps you on track. But um, I've had some experience with conjugate. I kind of like to do, I guess I call it a hybrid version of conjugate. I, I like to do conjugate movements, but I don't necessarily uh, program it in the full aspect of that. So, um, but I mean, you well, got that to makes you conjugate then. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And um, it's kind of like a, it's like a lifestyle for people. It's almost like a religion to most people too. Yeah. Um, some people look at it crazy and other people's will die for it so well people don't realize too like 80 percent of conjugate is accessory work so it's the main lifts don't make you stronger it's everything you do aside from the main lifts that make you stronger the main lifts just make you better on the platform so conjugate is yeah. very very sports specific i mean it's conjugate for powerlifting it's conjugate for strongmen it's conjugate for track athletes like it's highly adaptable to whatever your whatever your interest is yeah. Um, but before I jumped on a conjugate program, I was, I had like quit powerlifting, quote unquote, quit powerlifting. And I, I started doing a bodybuilding.com template. Arnold had two of them. He had a strength one and a cutting one. So I was doing the Arnold, the bodybuilding.com template that Arnold had like put on there. And yep. it, it was very, very high volume. And I remember just loving how that felt day in and day out. Like I would train, probably four or five days a week. And I loved like getting that pump at 5 a.m. because I'm one of those psychos that wants to go to the yep. gym at the crack of dawn. Yep. And I would go like train for 90 minutes to two hours, get my pump in and go home. And I would like get my endorphins up and I'd feel really good. And when I started running a conjugate program, I had an old training partner that kind of like showed me the ropes and kind of got me into thinking a little differently and showing me that there's a way as a master's athlete to just get stronger day in and day out without going backwards and without having those weird aches and pains, you know, within reason. And as part of that conjugate program, um, my volume actually increased more than what Arnold had done. So that was a huge adaptation for me. But what happened with that volume increase is it gave me a ton of work capacity. So yep. I find that with linear periodization, those programs don't allow you to have work capacity. So you get to a meet and you get to deadlift and you're tired. Yep. You don't have the work capacity to finish the meet. Yeah, I, I kind of felt that too, because I, I would do more volume and I'm used to like football training, but um, with like introducing wraps into a squat and like being able to squat a lot more weight than I previously was doing in meets, I kind of fried out so much faster. And by the time I got the deadlifts, I thought I wasn't even going to come close to what I pulled, but um, that's something I'm focusing on now is a lot of volume just to build that work capacity. And then once it's time to prep, start going up in the high percentages again. But, um, I mean, continuing about conjugate, I mean, you obviously you went to Westside for, you got to meet Louie and all that. So let's talk, let's talk about that. I know yeah, you West love Side, to talk about that. <laughs> Westside was amazing. I, um, I think I emailed and called them for six months straight. I, I wanted to get in that door so bad and I didn't want to show up in Ohio and be turned away, you know? So I emailed and called so much then I think they finally just got sick of me <laughs> and they responded to my email. And this is the middle of COVID too. So we went out February, 2021, my old training partner and I went out there for an entire weekend. Um, we got invited to train with the morning crew. So we went out, I think we went out on a Friday. We went out on a Thursday, trained Friday morning, Saturday morning. I believe that sounds correct. Um, Friday morning, we showed up. Uh, Louis Simmons was sitting in his car in the parking lot at Westside we were in our rental, you know, it was like 4am yep. and he was just waiting for the people who were coming to the gym that day to show up. And you, the way he ran it was well, at least how I saw what he did that day. 
was he waited for the strongest guy in the gym to show up, open the door up, and then everybody would go in. So Louis didn't walk in and open up. He waited for Jeremy to show up because Jeremy was the strongest guy at the yep. time in the morning. So Jeremy showed up, he opened the door up, and then everyone would get out of their cars to go inside and train. And it was snowy that day. So I remember like stepping over snowbank and Louis was just at the door, kind of like with his head down a little bit, just kind of looking at us on the way in. And I looked at him and I said, hi, Louis, fucking terrified of you, but hi. And uh, he looked and said, hi. And I right away just thanked him for having us. And he was like, are you kidding? Thank you for coming. People don't usually do this. So I walked in that gym and I mean, I was scared, but the second I walked in that environment, all that anxiety went away. It just melted away. And um, he told us to go use the mono in the corner. So we all got set up in the mono. He had us put insane band tension on and we just started, somebody cranked the music and we all just started squatting. It was was so surreal. And uh, he sat over on the other side, kind of just watching everyone. And then after he kind of, you know, gauged what, what our skill levels were, he came over and started to coach. And at the time I had problems with keeping like keeping my chest up in the squat and I would fall forward a lot. I just had, I had some technical issues that I couldn't figure out on my own. And uh, he, there's, I have a video on my Instagram of him like actually grabbing the back of my neck to show me, you know, what he was talking about under the weight. Yeah. And yeah. when he, he grabbed my neck, like you see me in the video, I start laughing because he grabs my neck and I just, I'm like, oh my God, Louis Simmons is touching me right now. And then, and then he like, he pulled me forward and then he goes, don't let me pull you forward, girl, in, in the video. And then I start laughing and then I'm like trying to like be all serious and like squat to a box while he's holding on to me. And yep. it was probably one of the coolest things I've ever done, <laughs> which is yeah, like so dirty, I know. <laughs> yeah, I mean, especially being like a full force conjugate, like it's kind of like going to the Mecca. It's like one, it's a once in a lifetime thing. And obviously now it'd be way different now that Louie's gone. But I mean, I would still love to make it out there someday and just talk to some of the people, see how they train. It's just, I can only imagine. It's a like museum it now. Yeah. Yeah. It, it really is. It's like brighter. Um, well, so I'll, let me talk about the whole weekend real fast. So then um, he, what his structure, what he does was he would have everybody go in early at four or four 30 in the morning and you would go train your first accessory and your second, your second exercise. And yep. then he would take everybody out for breakfast. So you drive up the street to go out to breakfast at Bob Evans. He pays for everyone. We talk about a bunch of random stuff. Um, he jokes around a lot and then, you know, we all get in the cars and go back to Westside and did all of our accessory work. So then on, we went on, I think it was like Saturday, I think it was the next day we went in and did our um, upper body bench stuff. And I have a, I have a really cool video of him on my Instagram talking about body shock because mm-hmm. when I was benching at the time, I didn't understand like how to like use my stomach to push the bar away. And he was basically saying you can, um, you can pause anything that you can touch and go if you know how. And he was referring to body, literally body shock. So it was like, you just flex everything and just push it off your chest. And That's I was like obsessed with what, I didn't understand what that meant. I didn't really have abs to do that kind of work. And it was, yep. uh, it was very, very insightful. It was just like one or two things that he tweaked and it changed everything for my lifting career. Yeah. I mean, it's crazy that just like these small little things, these little changes, these little movements can make such a big difference, especially in the sport. Yeah. Yeah. I think then I had gone, I was two weeks out from a meet at that point. So I'd gone into my meet. Uh, I did an APF meet up in Dynamax in Maine and I squatted 300 at that meet, which was like the coolest thing ever. It was 303. Yep. I grinded out a 165 bench because I hadn't figured out how to fix my bench yet. And then I think I pulled a 374 and got stuck at my knees. So that was February, 2021. And the meet I just did three weeks ago or four weeks ago, I squatted 341, bench 193 and pulled 413. So 
I took a little bit of what he told me and, you know, I read a lot. I watch a lot of YouTube videos when I have some downtime. Uh, I try to absorb as much knowledge as I can and and just try to fix whatever's weak on my body to keep getting stronger. So, yeah. And part part of the reason I like the conjugate method too is, I mean, originally Westside was made for athletes. So kind of using it in football programming, I felt like it had a really good translation to the field, Um, especially kind of changing it up every two weeks and kind of focusing on different things. It all, it keeps it exciting too. I think that's probably one of the biggest reasons I like the conscious styles because you're always doing something different and using all the bands and chains and variations of movements. You, you never truly know what your strength level is at that point until it's time to go to a meet, to be honest. Well, yeah, I mean, the bands and chains offer, they expose weaknesses, right? In different, different planes and different spots. And I get a lot, I get a lot of shit from people on the internet for my variations. Um, everyone kind of shits on them because they don't understand them, but everything that I write into, I write my own program. So everything I write into my program has a tester. So my accessories during the week are hitting what I think is weak on my body based on how my max efforts are going or based on how things feel or based on what hurts, what doesn't hurt, like that kind of stuff. I try to gauge like where what's weak. And then I go into my uh, max effort variations, like going into a meet eight weeks out, I have very, very specific exercises that I'll run. So I, I kind of know what I'm dancing around for the platform. But when I'm far out from a meet, if I'm either trying to learn something new or just need a mental break, I'll run stuff that I haven't run in two years just for fun because it's fun and I love it. And like, I want to get some work in. So might as well have fun while I'm doing it, you know? Yeah. And that's what Kanji gets cool for. Yeah. And the amount of volume and workload you can get done with that style of training is it's, it's way less. It's like, obviously it's fatiguing, but it's, it's way more doable when you're changing it up at that rate than just getting that much volume in. Well, I I find too, running conjugate with bands and chains and like variations and waves and all that stuff. If you follow an actual conjugate program and stick with it for a long time, you'll find that every time you go to a meet, it feels easier because your training in a gym is so hard. And I I try to get my max efforts done in 30 to 45 minutes tops with my back downs. Then I move on to seconds because that's like a flight, right? Your flight's 30 to 45 minutes with your warmups roughly. So you don't want anything to be longer than that, in my opinion. So I try to run that. So when I get to a meet, I'm not using bands. I'm not using chains. I'm not using specialty bars. I'm using a straight bar, right? So everything's a straight bar. So it's easier by proxy because there's no bands. There's no accommodating resistance. It's just straight weight, straight bar. And if you've done it right and your work capacity is a good spot and you've done the straining and done the testing and done the overloads, well, then you go into a meet and you just straight weight test that day and you open up at something super light, get, stay on the board, get confident. And then, and then just have fun. Like I, I plan the whole day out. I love it. Yeah. It's very fun. I guess kind of shifting topics then from conjugate into more of being a woman in the sport. Obviously, it's way different. It's a very male-dominated sport. Um, what was there? Someone specific that got you into it, or what? What kind of was your journey into your first meet? Into powerlifting in general? Yeah. Yeah. So that's it. Was uh, whew, how do I answer this question? Um. When I was 29, I was diagnosed with metastatic thyroid cancer. So it, it was a five-year battle and I was in the gym, you know, you know, since I was 16, I did more like a power bodybuilding style of training. Cause I just loved how the weights felt in my hands. I love training. And when I fought cancer, I ended up with a blood calcium disorder and some other things. So with the blood calcium disorder, um, it ended up making training painful. So I couldn't train for five years in the gym. So when I finally got back to training, I had no muscle left. And I was 34 at the time. Right. So that's, that's old for somebody trying to, a female trying to gain muscle. That's, you know, it's hard to gain muscle at that age. I had lost everything. 
And I kind of fell out of love with bodybuilding. I was like, man, I just spent like 20 years making this base and now it's gone because I was I had stupid cancer. Like that's how I saw it. Yeah. And then I remember talking to some people in the gym that I had met and they were talking about powerlifting meets. And I was like, I didn't even think of that. So <laughs> I was like, powerlifting is cool because it gives you a goal, right? You 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 pick a beat, you say, I'm gonna do this meet. You don't back out of it. Like who backs out of a meet? So you go, yeah, yeah. I'm gonna do this meet. If you're the type of person that backs out of shit, don't even fucking, don't even pick it. But like I pick things and I say, I'm going to do it. I show up and do it. So I picked a meet and I trained for it and I went into it. And of course I bombed out of the first one, but the second one was, was like a ton of fun. And then I saw, okay, this is the draw. Cause it, what, what the, what the meets do for me, at least as a female, is it, it gives me, um, well, the training into me gives me confidence. Right. And then the structure is really, really good for me. Cause that's my personality. So that's, going into meets, I got there just because I needed a goal and I couldn't do the regular bodybuilding anymore to answer that question. But that has nothing to do with being a female. <laughs> yeah. I was just, yeah, I was just wondering if it was maybe like a specific person or kind of was like a, obviously I wanted to hear the story of what got you into it. Um, kind of going into that more, um, kind of going to your first meet. Um, what were some of your like fears or expectations and kind of how did you respond to those? Oh man, you know what made me panic at my first meet? Cause I was using knee sleeves, which I don't use any equipment right now. Uh, so I squat at 341 completely naked, need no belt. But um, going into my first meet, I didn't know what the rules were for knee sleeves. I didn't know when to put them on. I didn't know how to warm up. I didn't know when to warm up. I didn't know how to take my attempts. I didn't understand what it meant to have like uh, lifting starts at nine o'clock sharp. I had no idea what that meant at the time. <laughs> and I had really, none of us who went to that meet did. We're all just kind of doing our own thing. And that gave me so much anxiety that I, I couldn't even get my knee sleeves on that day. I remember just like freaking out in the warm-up room, trying to get my knee sleeves on. And I think I had put a plastic bag on my knee to try to like get my knee sleeves on. And that in and of itself was a workout. And I was like, I don't know if I'm cut out for this. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah. I mean, it, first meat jitters are definitely a thing and it's it's so funny how different people react to it yeah. um I'm a panic I used to be a panicker I'm not anymore but I at the you know I think powerlifting gave me like a lot of structure and a lot of confidence so I don't panic as much but that was one of those things where I just didn't know how to get myself out of a hole yeah <laughs> and everything everything was a mess that meet but then yeah. my my second meet I got back into I, I I did my 2018 meet because I had a friend named Mike that I met at Lifetime he uh he had found out he was at that meet that weekend actually but he found out that I had bombed out because you know we were at lifetime together and everybody else had like pulled 300 that day they had great days and I was all sad and he's like you gotta do it again and I was like I'm done I'm I quit and he's like no you really gotta do it again you should really get back in the sport and I was like nope not for me I'm not I'm never doing this again and he goes I'll help you I will show you the way with conjugate I will help you get into a meet and I promise you're going to love it so I was like, I don't know what the catch is, buddy, but okay, let's try it. And then he wrote out a program and um, he wrote out a program and I followed it to a T because I'm very, I'm very structured. So I, if, if something's written out, I'm just going to do it. Yep. Personality. So he wrote out a program and I went into the meet, I think it was 2018. I went into a meet and I think I squatted, I think I squatted, uh, that might've been, that's mean I did 275 squat. That was either 2018 or 2019. I'm getting the, the years confused. I think 2018, I went to a meet in October and I was still running linear programming. Um, but I didn't, I didn't bomb. <laughs> and I think I squatted like 175 high as fuck that day. I think I benched 95. And then I think I deadlifted like 280, like in those numbers. 
And then it was after that meet that I started the conjugate programming. So I ran the conjugate pro pro programming for a full year, went into a meet the following October, squatted 275 at age 40. Um, yeah. Benched, I think my bench was still kind of crappy at the time. It, I don't think I benched 135. It might've been like 125 that day. And then deadlifted, um, I don't know, maybe somewhere in the threes. Nope, I don't remember the exact number. I'll have to look it up in powerlifting because that was a long time ago. That might've been the meet that I deadlifted 280. Yeah. That, my first 300 deadlift was at a push-pull event up in uh, like Holden, Massachusetts that Alex ran. Alex Oman yeah. ran for RPS. So yeah. that was my first 300 pull. That's awesome. But, <laughs> yeah. Um, so if you were to kind of give a couple pieces of advice to like a woman kind of thinking about it or um, had to like convince someone to try a powerlifting meet what are, what are some words of advice you would say oh so this is like I have found my my so can this is a great question I have found myself in a position of mentoring females that are trying to get started in any kind of strength sport or just coming to the gym in general and what I always tell them is to just show up if somebody is um telling you you can't do it walk around them and keep going um, if you feel compelled to compete in this sport and want to do a, a meet and it's local and I'm, you know, not working that weekend or whatever, I will show up and support you. And if you need help, just ping me on Instagram and we'll talk. And I do that a lot now with a lot of the girls, a lot of the younger girls, just they follow my programming. And I think that I motivate them, but what they don't realize is seeing them train hard and just reach their goals motivates me. Cause it's, a, it's like a, it's really, really cool to watch girls that are, you know, I have a, a friend named Liv. She's She's unbelievable. She's 17 and pulls 455. And I'm like, who does that at 17? You're a maniac, but she's doing a meet in July. So I'm going to go there and support her. Um, and I have a couple other friends that are doing their first meet also in July. So I, I think for them, it's just find people you trust to, to stand with you in your circle and make sure people show up for you on meet day to help you because you're going to need somehow kind of help with nerves and to just train hard and, and just, you know, if you feel compelled to do it, follow through on it. Yeah, that's, that's great. I mean, especially with Evolve, I mean, going there is like a family like I mean we I see it, we said it a hundred times and it's just true and I can't say it enough because it really is a family there and oh, the place is I amazing. it's such an open inviting place especially to people who are trying to get into it I mean some of the people that have come there have never even thought about powerlifting and then are starting to talk about it so then they're watching us and they're like what is this that you guys are doing I want it on this it looks like fun while we destroy ourselves on Sunday morning squatting <laughs> Hey, a few, few more weeks and I'll be back on Sundays. I'm very excited for that. I can't wait. I saw a post recently from somebody that said, um, when you find your training crew, you will know. And I think for all of us, we showed up at Evolve, what, three and a half months ago? And I mean, none of us knew each other, right? I mean, we're all at a meet together and never even talked. Like that, yeah, we were in the picture together, like, which yeah. is wild to me, but none of us knew each other. And we all showed up and just started training together. And the culture itself was just, positive and optimistic and supportive and like the right balance of pushing each other but not tearing each other down like it was just a perfect balance and it's remained that way and then you know all of us are dedicated to retaining that kind of culture so I think it's really important for girls in general in in young women and older women to find an environment where they can go be them their authentic selves that's what Evolve offers for me anyway be my authentic self I can be aggressive I can be you know, withdrawn, I can be boisterous, loud and laughing, and no one's giving me a hard time about it. But then if I need help, if I need help setting something up, because I'm overthinking it, or need help spotting, 
people just help without being like, wait five minutes, I'm in the middle of whatever. Cause they understand that the cadence of your timing of your warmups and your lifts is very, very important in that environment. So. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's unmatched. Like, I mean, I coming from training from like a YMCA and then going there, it's, it's just a whole different, whole different thing. And go back now that I'm kind of <laughs> more seriously into powerlifting, I, I mean, it's like, it's my new sport. So um, yeah. it's great that I got a great starting place and kind of a future home for whenever. Yeah. you'll have a, I mean that I think we're so many of us and I've been saying this, I mean, I've been, I've been doing powerlifting since 2017. So I, I don't plan on quitting anytime soon. I have some big goals for this year coming up and for next year early. So, um, I mean, I'm always going to be there. And I know that there's a handful of us that don't ever plan on leaving. Even if, you know, life takes us places, we'll always come back and visit like Maddie Plates. We'll come <laughs> back and visit at some point. Yep. <laughs> but the gym, is, the gym is phenomenal. And I, you know, if there's some girls on here that are looking to get into the sport and they're somewhere near Worcester, I think it would be worth for you to come out just for a day and, and try it out. First day is free. Thanks to yep. Steph and John and um, get you in the room and at least like introduce you to the crew. And you'll see that while everybody there is pretty strong in, in their own right, in their own way, that everyone's super welcoming. And it, it's, yeah. it's fantastic. I mean, John said it last week. He said, best time to come in. If you've even ever considered powerlifting for a second, come in on a Sunday morning. <laughs> it's, it'll convince anyone. I mean, it's, it's, it's so fun. Yeah. It's like going <laughs> to church. It's our new church. <laughs> breakfast if you want to join breakfast and then you can come in and we can all just you, I mean so the other really cool thing about Evolve that I probably should flag and this is this is a very unique uh unique to this gym I have been at other gyms where this was kind of allowed but it wasn't as supportive um but you can train whatever your goal is of the day right so I know John has his own clients that he coaches and they come in on Sunday but if I don't I coach myself so I run my own program so John will help me with things or help me tweak things or like call me out if I'm being an idiot on something that's super helpful. But for the most part, he just lets me run my program and doesn't tell me I'm doing things wrong. And that's unusual, especially yeah. from a gym owner, because a lot of gym owners want you to run it their way or no way, or they'll just complain about how you're running it or make fun of you or whatever. But like John doesn't do that. He's very, what are you doing today? What's your goal? Uh, what number are you planning to hit? Okay. And then he'll kind of like watch and see how you warm up. And when he knows that you're near your top set, he'll come and start paying attention and make sure that you're all set. And that's- yeah then John teaches everybody who's with him that that's how the culture should be at the gym is we just kind of like go in circles around each other, you know, help, 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 go back and do our own thing. Then make sure everybody's scanning the room and helping each other out. Yeah. So and I think easy. that environment is very important, especially in the sport and especially to continue the growth of the sport. I mean, the sport's been growing. I mean, it's been growing for years, but I feel like recently it's, it's getting even bigger than it has before. Yeah, and there's um, meets everywhere now. So many yeah. federations, so many meets. Yeah. And for like a, a, a woman who's just a gym goer or has thought about it, but maybe doesn't want to try it because maybe the stigma behind it or just it being so male dominated, I think setting up that type of environment is so important to kind of get their foot in the door. Yeah. I mean, I mean, so like I started the gym when I was 16 and I mean, I'm so old that back when I was in high school, I saw like I'm 90, uh, women were not allowed in the weight room at my high school. I went to Taunt High and in the nineties that you weren't allowed in the weight room with the men. Like it was men only or boys only. I think it's, I think it said no girls allowed on the door. So I didn't know where to train. So I went to like, my mom worked at Texas instruments and Attleboro at the time. So I went to train at that gym there. And even in those environments, the men weren't welcoming to females in the weight room. Like it took a lot of years for me to feel comfortable for me to feel comfortable in a gym, 
You know, I used to go to, even at Lifetime, I wasn't comfortable. I used to go and walk on the treadmill for 10, 20 minutes and wait for the weight room to clear out because I'd be so intimidated to go in there. And now I walk in and just throw my shit everywhere and get to work. (laughs) (laughs) So so it's quite nice. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, it's cool now. Like, I mean, I'm going to be doing the the meet in September at Blue Collar Barbell. I mean, everyone knows Scott Mendelson, but Shauna owns the gym. And I think it's going to be cool to kind of compete at a female owned gym just to see how the sports evolved over the years. Cause that back then that wouldn't even have been a thought like who that wouldn't have occurred. Yeah. Shauna's an OG. She's fantastic. She's so supportive of female and strength sports. Her gym is absolutely beautiful. It's very, very clean. They expanded a couple of years ago. It's That's going to be a real fun meet. I, I can't wait to go to that. That's to yeah. see you compete there will be really, really cool. Cause I went there during COVID actually and, and had a seminar with Dave Hoff. That's awesome. Um, so I haven't been there since then. Yeah, I can't wait to meet more people in the sport too because now that I'm done with football and I'll actually have a schedule, I get to kind of take time off and go explore the world of powerlifting more. So Yeah, the networking is really cool too because then you go to meets and you have friends everywhere that you like talk to on the internet and then yep. you see them in person. And you One, you say hi by their Instagram name, which always makes me laugh. And two, like you just get to meet them in person, which is really cool. And then you see them at other meets and it's like a little family that you see. It's like a little family reunion every six to nine months, you know? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) All right. Uh, I think before we wrap things up, is there kind of anything else you want to touch on or say before you end things? Um, no, I just, for the girls, I mean, if you're struggling at the gym you're at or just need some support, just reach out to me and I'll find a way to help you because I had a ton of help when I got into this. I mean, I was at MetFit for many years and I, the, the men that were there were phenomenal. They helped me grow into the athlete I am today. I will forever be thankful for everything that they did to me at that gym. So there are men that help. There are fucking great men that help. And, um, you know, sometimes you just have to find other environments to continue to get strong, but everybody that you meet can, can offer something if you, if you have the right people in your corner. So just keep, if girls, if you're looking for somewhere to get strong, Keep knocking on the door. I promise you'll find it. (laughs) Totally agree. All right. And uh, one last thing, where can they find you on Instagram? My Instagram handle is Boston Strength and Power, which um, sounds like a funny name, but actually I just put Boston because when I made my Instagram, I was living in Boston at the time. Um, Strength was just because I overcame all the cancer stupidity and had the strength to do that. And then power was short for powerlifting. (laughs) So my Instagram handle is Boston Strength and Power. So you can it's public. You can find me on there or stalk me if you want to do that. That's fine too. Whatever, whatever floats your boat. <laughs> and then you guys can find me at lift.smith. Um, and that's going to wrap it up for episode three of the Powers Lifters then. Thank you again, Rachel, for taking the time. Yeah, thanks for having me. I had so much fun. No problem. <laughs>